Welcome to the People Sports Podcast. I'm Mark Titus. She's Charlotte Wilder. We uh, we were just on TV, Charlotte. Yeah. Should we, we start were. with that? That was exciting. <gasps> yeah. Well, we didn't have a show last week because we had a TV show mm-hmm. last Not week. Not to brag, but you know. I know. We're we did have a show. Now. It was just not on your podcast feed. It was on FS1. Right. We had a show, but we're like too big time for you guys now. <laughs> so no, we will never be too big for the people. Um, but it was fun to do the NFL and Fox Awards where the people voted and we mm-hmm. got to host the whole thing. Uh, I had the, the feedback was overwhelming from from those who watched. I had one guy tell me I looked like Donald Trump Jr. I had another guy. I did see that told me I look like Jim Halpert if you took him out of the oven a little too soon, like you were trying to bake Jim Halpert, and then he was undercooked or something. And I was what? like, and, and, you know, and then I had one guy that just said WTF. It took a picture of the TV and sent me a picture. One of my friends and just said WTF. And I was like, yeah, man, pretty cool. And then he didn't respond. <laughs> so uh, people seem to love it. It was great. <laughs> I, I certainly had a ton of fun doing it. It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, I don't, sometimes I don't know if like, my friends and family watch or know what I do, which I think I kind of prefer. I mean, you know, the people who are stuck closest with me have to watch it because I'm like, oh, it's on TV. Cool. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, a few friends from home who don't follow sports very graciously watch. And one of them was like, didn't really know anything you were talking about, (laughs) but it seemed great. (laughs) And I was like, thanks. Um, I didn't either. Um, So if you missed it, if you, if you just listened to the pod and you have no idea what we're talking about, uh, we did a uh, NFL award show for FS one. I don't know how you can watch it now. I guess just like probably turn on on YouTube. Oh, oh I YouTube? sent it to my grandmother. Oh, it nice. is on YouTube. Yeah, it's on YouTube. You can watch it on YouTube, or you can just put it on like FS2, and I'm sure, you know, <laughs> Saturday morning at 2 a.m., it'll just like pop up out of nowhere. So um, Actually, all of FS1 is just a rerun of our <laughs> award show. They're right actually they're launching FS3, and it's just Charlotte and I <laughs> and just, it's just over us. and over and over and over. Uh, so, yeah, we've, we've been off for a little while. It's been a couple weeks since we did the show because we did the, the, as we said, the TV show. Um, what has happened since then? I can't, I certainly can't think of anything as an Ohio State <laughs> alum. I can't think of a single mm. thing that happened in the world of sports between no, when we left. No, that's now. funny. Really? Because I think if I, if I recall, <laughs> I think you might have lost a national championship. Yeah. Yeah, and if I how are you doing? First, we're, let's we're gonna get into that later in the show, and we're gonna do a few headlines. But first, yeah. off the bat, just like emotionally, how are you? So uh, I knew I knew this was coming, and um, th- this being well, I knew both things were coming. I knew that Alabama was going to beat us, and then I knew you were going to pretend to care and be like, "Oh, how are you doing?" <laughs> so <laughs> any part of you feels bad That's for me so whatsoever. Rude. <laughs> Um, I do. I do but, a little. So when we were planning for the show today, we were planning a few days ago. Uh, so Monday morning, you you had, you had texted me and you said, hey, do you want to have anybody on the show this week to talk about Ohio State? And I was like, Charlotte, Charlotte, come on. this is We're not the Patriots. Like, I know what's going to happen. Like, no, I don't want to reach out to my Ohio State buddies to come on and be like, hey, man, are, are you busy on Wednesday? You want to talk about how our team is going to get their ass kicked against Alabama? <laughs> Okay, yeah. Well, see, that's where my Boston blind spots really show. Where yeah. I'm like, so after your after, dynasty wins, yeah, do you? And it's like, oh no, sorry, that's Alabama. That's not how it works. Red. Yeah, that's my not red. how it works. Not everybody wins when they make it. Uh, I I am okay. I I said to uh, the way I the way I've been telling people as I've been processing my emotions is that I'm not mad, and I say that over and over, and eventually I believe mm-hmm. it. But I, what is the only thing I'm mad about is how not mad I am because it just felt so inevitable. Alabama's inevitable. They're so much better than yeah. I, I think the game could have been closer. I think we shot ourselves in the foot a little bit. I think 
uh, our running back got hurt on the very first play and broke his collarbone to a million pieces. That certainly does not mm-hmm. help things. But yeah. I don't think we're going to win. I just feel like it could have been closer. It could have been a more entertaining game. I think people could have not turned the game off at halftime if that was my goal. And unfortunately, I'm, that didn't happen. So Yeah, I'm going to be honest. We started watching the Tiger Doc in the second <laughs> oh, half. <laughs> yeah, it was the lowest rated. I saw it was the lowest rated national championship game of all time. Um, I feel a little bad about that, but it was like, I mean, yeah. but, but I, I feel think, like we know. I think it was the pandemic, too, because all the sports ratings are down right now. So maybe right. that's it, right. too, maybe. But no, uh, if no. this had been if this had been a full stadium, you know, normal season deal, I think it would have been a much bigger deal. Yeah. I also think that Ohio State probably would have had a better chance in that mm. case. Honestly, I really do think that if we had had full stadium, mm-hmm. if it had felt a little more. If I was there um, at the I game, mean, you mean, like on the sideline? Yeah, no. I do think though that if it if they're not to say that these guys don't care if the stands aren't full. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I think there's an elevated level of urgency and of nerves and adrenaline. I can't help but imagine that does come into play when it feels like the biggest deal in the world rather than a you know half empty stadium. So. I don't know. Maybe that's wishful thinking, but I do get what you mean in terms of being mad that you're not mad. Like it didn't feel like it was going to be much of a fair fight and it didn't end up yeah. being much of a fair and, fight. And also I decided as Devonte Smith uh, scored like his 12th touchdown of the first half, I think it was between touchdown number 10 and 11. I, it hit me. I, it was just the weirdest timing. What a coincidence. It hit me that, uh, this season shouldn't count, and there are more important things going on in the world oh, than football. Weird. So that's yeah, when it yeah. hit you. Yeah, is that it? Was, it was right around okay. that time. I was like, you know what? And what part? Should what, we be playing changed? football at all, Charlotte? Is my question. I don't think we should. I think cancel the season. <laughs> I think the Big Ten had it right all along. We should not have this season. Uh, yeah. So Alabama smoked Ohio State. We could. T- we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Well, more here's about the thing. Alabama. We could. What? We could just go through that and then do some headlines at the end. Okay, yeah, let, let's do that. Let's do... Let's Because I feel like okay. we're on a roll. I, there are a few things I, I really do think in terms of Devontae Smith, you know, winning the Heisman, some people said, like, oh, it should be a quarterback, and it's like, mm, mm-hmm. what? Like, if it were supposed to be a quarterback, then why don't you call it the quarterback award? Right, and we already have that. It's called the Maxwell Award, I believe, for the best quarterback. It's called yeah. the first pick in the NFL draft. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> we don't need two of those. <laughs> Right? Like, am I wrong? I don't think I'm wrong. Point. That is a good point. That uh, that I, I do love that about college basketball is that college basketball does not give a damn about mock drafts. They don't like college football <laughs> seems to work that way. Where uh, you, you 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 would make the case for Trevor Lawrence winning the Heisman based on I mean I know he has great year and he puts up great numbers obviously but it seems like a lot of the Trevor Lawrence Heisman campaign is centered around the fact that he's the surefire number one pick you know right it's like well I mean he's already on the Jags so I guess we should give it to him and it's like no that's not he's clearly the best player and that's why I'm kind of glad that they didn't yeah yeah they they, college basketball doesn't work that way the guy who's going to win national player of the year this year might not even be a first round pick (laughs) Luca guards on Iowa they they do not care we do not care we're like I what are Mark Draft I have no idea. We don't care. We care about the guy who puts up numbers. Um, yeah, that is that is fascinating. I never thought about it that way. You're right. The number one pick is the best. That's already the... Um, anyway, yeah. You I, know, I, it's sort of like, here's an award and only is it a statue of a guy, you know, doing a stiff arm or whatever, but it's it's $15 million. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do... Uh, th- that was frustrating, too, is Devontae Smith winning the Heisman. I love that kid. I love Najee Harris. 
mm-hmm. Mac Jones, I'm I'm split on. I don't know. Like why? I don't. I don't know. He feels a little because he's like because he's is it threatening? Is he a little? No, bit he's your he's vibe? like slightly. I mean, like this is old man complaining, and if he played for Ohio oh State, my God, I wouldn't let's care. Do but it. he's like slightly too cocky, slightly too. Uh, <laughs> You know, like he won the he won the national title. Nick Saban wins, and like all the questions are like, Nick, you're the goat. You have more titles than anyone else. And he's like, I just love my players. He's doing the typical Saban thing, and and you're watching it, and you're like, man, I want to hate Nick Saban so badly, but how can you? Uh, he doesn't. He says all the right. Th- he, he really won me over. Uh, 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 honestly, during the during this this year with the his coronavirus opinions, and and you know, yeah. like that's where we've arrived that a guy saying like, yeah, I, I think coronavirus is real. And you're like, wow, a lot of respect for that guy. <laughs> but you're like, holy mackerel. I can't believe he took such a stand. He, he understands his power in that state. And he understand. I don't know. Like he, he's easy to root for. So you, mm-hmm. you juxtapose that with Mac Jones, the moment he gets in front of the camera, he's like, we're the greatest team ever. Kiss my ass. All of you. <laughs> and I was like, no, come on, buddy. And well, especially funny, coming from him. Right? Cause it's like, dude, you're not the greatest team ever. Cause of you, you're like the fifth best player on this team. Maybe. You're good, it's like but people like, come weren't on. talking about you yeah. last year the way they've been talking about other quarterbacks. Yeah. So, which to a certain extent, maybe you could argue that that makes Mac Jones a little more humble because he's like, we're the best team, even right, though it's clearly right. not all on his shoulders. But I do think that um, I read this really interesting piece uh, from ESPN talking about how Nick Saban's mood improved this year, like how he smiles more this year than he ever has, and how like he's made jokes more and a former player said that it was like if the team ever got too cocky he would just even if they were super good Saban would just tear him down and if (laughs) and if the team is ever like this year was really tough mentally for the kids I mean like I think they tried to take COVID as seriously as Mm -hmm. anyone um and Saban apparently was like goofing around making more jokes knew that he had to keep morale up Mm -hmm. like apparently Mac Jones and um Devonte Smith were sitting in the empty room for the Heisman ceremony with like a trophy between them, mm-hmm. and Saban walks in before, and he's like, "Well, if you guys are gonna fight, fight over it. Just like get it. Let's get it's it on." Good. <laughs> so I think that there is something really. I, he became. He seemed much more human to me this year yeah. than he has in the past. And that that is my that sums up my feelings on Alabama winning. Again, I'm mad that I'm not mad. I'm mad that like I'm yeah. watching them celebrate. I'm like I, you know, if I pretended to, if I if I was mad right now it would all be just a facade a charade it would be me feeling like i have to play a character who's like my team lost in the title game so now i have to be mad but really i'm not i like they're the better team they're likable guys Najee harris and Devonte smith i love both of those guys i love watching them all season mm-hmm. um they're very very talented and yeah. there's like nothing else to say it was just like damn sometimes this happens in sports uh, right well i think that that yeah. makes it when you know if you're not doing the act all the time it, it makes it very clear that it's not an act you know yeah. like you're pissed when you're pissed and like oh otherwise you just sort of look like a big baby like yeah. if you were pissed about this one i would have been like mark we need to have a serious <laughs> talk because <laughs> well we're gonna we're to that point we're going to later in the show i want to go through the ones i actually was pissed about because i have yeah yeah, yeah. There are a ton of losses. That's what we're going to do on the show today is go through the losses that uh, we're using this this loss that for me that didn't actually make me that upset to uh, remind ourselves of times we were upset with Charlotte. Well, because you need – here's the thing. Like fans, sports fans, listeners, they want the schadenfreude of hearing mm-hmm. someone upset when their team loses. So because we can't really give you that, we'll yeah. give it to you from like years past. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, we're, we're going to get to that. Uh, before we do, I want to uh, – first of all, let's put a bow on a college football season. How much did you watch this year? How much did you what, – what do you want to – what? what? I just have a Saban rabbit hole that okay. I need to tell you okay. about. Okay. So after I read that article about how smiley he was, I was like, okay. And they mentioned his wife, Miss Terry. And I knew that that was, Miss, that was Mr. Saban's wife's name, <laughs> Terry. But I didn't. And I knew that she was sort of a figure in Alabama um, in the program. And, and, but I didn't really know that much about her or their family. I went down an insane rabbit hole of Googling pictures of Nick Saban and his wife, of Nick Saban's kids. Um, I learned that after he got unsportsmanlike conduct called on him in 2019, she made him run for 20 minutes on the treadmill. Um, his daughter was in a was sued by her sorority sister because they got into a fist fight and like the daughter Saban was let off. Is it I've the watched... same one? It's, is it the same daughter that was tweeting that Ohio State's yes. making up COVID to get out of playing Alabama? That's, That's how I originally <laughs> got onto her, but then I got into the whole family. And then it got to a point, Mark, where I watched, <laughs> I watched a video where Nick Saban's daughter's then fiance uh, talked about asking Nick Saban for Nick Saban's daughter's hand in marriage. What? I watched a video. There's a video of him. From AL.com, like Alabama local news, where he is describing the moment that he asked Nick Saban <laughs> if he could marry Nick Saban's daughter. So I watched that. So then naturally, the end, the end of that, it was like, why well, I need to see the wedding. So I, I, watched, I, I watched Nick Saban's daughter's wedding video. Oh and, 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 and it, it starts off normal. Like, you know, they're all getting dressed up. And then it goes to the dance floor. And then Saban gives a speech. And then it cuts to the Alabama football field whatever that stadium's called um and they get into this white like old studebaker car or something on the field get in start driving down the football field and all these pyrotechnics are going off on either side of the car i don't know if this is a thing that like most alabama fans know that i'm just late to but it was the most insane so from there, I obviously have to go to the wedding hashtags, which is Saban beats Saban beats Seton, or so, I don't even remember. Love um, wedding I'll hashtags, by the way. Wedding hashtags. Oh my god, are... wedding! Ha- I give me a wedding hashtag, and uh, there goes three hours of my life. Um, <laughs> so I go through theirs, and I find like all of the. I find like their whole family pictures, and then and then now I'm on her page, looking at her new baby, and then I like I I put my phone down. And I was like, I have to go for a walk. Oh my God, Charlotte, Charlotte. I mean, this is, this is next level. This is, this is more terrifying than anything I have done. And I spent a lot of time reading about migraine headaches and I, this is the worst rabbit hole this show has produced. I would say, yep. You were searching Nick Saban's daughters wedding. Hashtag. I have no, I have no words to describe what the last two hours of my life have been like, except that I needed to tell you and I need, I feel like I'm at confession. I'm Jewish, but like, I feel like I'm in a confessional booth and the priest is like 15,000 Hail Marys. And I'm like, well, speaking of Hail Marys, Nick yeah. Saban said, <laughs> this is, oh my God. Well, this yeah. is why we started the show, I guess, is because, uh, you know, imagine going into that rabbit hole and having nowhere to share that or like doing all that work in vain. I know. So at least, Look, at least, if my brain don't. is broken, Mark, other people are going to have to also suffer the consequences. <laughs>
Anyway, well, so I don't uh, know if there's more you want to talk about with college so football. I could talk about Devontae th- Smith, but I didn't do anything quite as creepy with him, so I don't know. So thanks for listening, guys. It's a show this week. Why, why don't, here's my question. Why don't they put this on TV? Where where? How do we talk to the Fox executives and put your little rabbit holes on? Rabbit holes with Charlotte I'll put on TV. In, yeah. I'll put in a call. I'll be like, look, I know you guys have Urban Meyer and whatever, but like, what about me? What about <laughs> I bet in all of the talk about the college football playoff title game on Fox's networks, not one single person brought up Nick Saban's daughter's wedding hashtag. Not one single person. It was insane. <laughs> Look, we, if we put this clip on the internet of my of how broken I am, I will respond to it with the actual YouTube of her wedding video because I have it copy and pasted. Oh, my God. Um, Moving on. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyway, what else? Do you want to do some headlines, Mark? Well, yeah, we could. I was, I was going to uh, – uh, I wanted to put a bow on the college football season. I wanted to ask you because okay. I follow it very closely. Obviously, my, my alma mater is one of the better programs in the country. Um, but, Sick brag. Uh, <laughs> as a uh, as an alum of Colby College, where they put mm-hmm. uh, dead bugs in your diplomas. Um, wild. What what did, did college football work for you this year? This, there was a big debate about whether it should come back or not because this was like the you know the professional leagues kind of soldiered on through the pandemic because they are professional businesses and like it was weird it's kind of weird that there's sports going on obviously still it's a little weird the nba is kind of reaching a crisis point it seems like but uh it's more defensible these are professionals this is their job right do it don't do it i don't know you figure it out you're a private business we don't care the waters were a little murky with college football which is why the big 10 and pac-12 both said we're out and then the SEC and ACC and Big 12 said, all right, see ya, good luck. And then they were like, wait, hang on, <laughs> don't leave yet. And they're like, oh, no, <laughs> yeah. shoot, uh, we got to catch up. So that up. was kind of the uh, – it certainly wasn't in the forefront of people's minds. I think as the game started, people just, like, defaulted back to watching the games and, and yelling about their quarterback sucking as, and whatever and why did our coach call that play or whatever. Uh, but it's, it's, it was on the back burner. That was a discussion. That, that was as your team would lose two or three in a row, you were now the guy that was like, should we be, be playing? <laughs> um, right. So that was the, the uh, undercurrent, I guess, of the season. And my, so my question to you, bringing this full circle, Charlotte, is what are your thoughts on the overall vibe of the season? I guess we don't need to talk about whether they should have played or not, but just like w- – did this feel like a normal college football season? Does does it feel like what were your, what was your feeling as someone who was kind of on the periphery and not in it like I am day to day? Yeah, no, I mean I think that's a that's a great question to in terms of someone who's not sort of in it in the dailiness of it. Um, in terms of rooting interest, I think it was it felt strange. It mm-hmm. felt strange. I think that the all conference play um, felt. At times, it meant that there was perhaps better football, but it also meant that there was, I thought, I mean, like, I thought there were some legitimately great games. Like, I don't think that the, you know, quote, product, which I kind of hate calling college football product because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not a business. It's not, it's it's not set up in that way, which is why I was initially like, look, I don't know. Initially, to be honest, Mark, I I don't know if I said this on the podcast. I I didn't think they should play. I admired the Big Ten for, for their decision not to at first. 
first. And, and I think what I came around to was like, man, if this pandemic, if it had been the kind of thing where I felt like people were actually trying to make things better and to stop the spread of this and to, you know, lock everything down and deal with it. And then we can come back to this. That'd be one thing. But if they'd canceled college football and then we were still in as much of a mess as we are in now, it would have been like, what was the point even? Like, yeah. what would a few more, what would right. a few more games like, right. which sounds awful because these are human lives we're right. talking about, but it's become such a, it's become such a weird undercurrent that I think it, it didn't feel normal, but I think that it felt watching games, it could feel as normal as anything was going to. Yeah. I, that seems like sort of a cop-out answer, but like, it was you know, normal you watch enough. games and yeah, exactly. It was, it was close enough. Yeah, it was, it was definitely weird that the atmospheres, I mean, uh, you know, as, as a guy who loves college sports more than pro sports, uh, this is always the sticking point is like the atmospheres, the traditions, the mm-hmm. passion from fans, um, because we're not morons, you know, like those of us that love college sports realize that the players aren't as good, you know, like the, the product, as you said, the word you don't like to use the product on the field isn't as good as professional, obviously. Duh. Right, uh, right. Newsflash, You're no. You're like, there, there's a reason they take yes, the best yes. ones from college and put them all together. As it turns out, Alabama could not beat the Jets. No, they couldn't. That's <laughs> right, not, right. you know, like, uh, so So the question then becomes, so why do you watch college in? Like, if obviously there's better players at different level, and the answer is because there's like the, the all the, you know, all the, all the stuff, all the other stuff that we basically didn't have this year, um, which made that weird. I, I yeah, I, I, uh, it was it was close enough, but man, I'm I I I, it, I don't I don't know I I I definitely I know I definitely feel like it was just kind of like a, I I definitely had what are we doing moments, and not even from a standpoint like of you know like I understand you got to play it for money and you got to and, and the kids want to be out there and all that sort of thing. It was just like man, this is just a shell of itself, and and it just felt like yeah. it felt so much like you're trying to hype your own self up that like and and that 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 might have been my feeling towards a national championship game because in all seriousness, uh, I was not super excited going into the game, even though I felt like we had a chance. I the the ratings as I said were at the worst that they've ever been, so it feels like a lot of people are also just looking around the world at large and is like, do I care about a college football game when? We have stuff going on in Washington. We have stuff going around uh, all around the country. Um, so that part of it was weird. But if you lost yourself in the moments, if you just like, if you turn on the BYU Coastal Carolina game, say, and you watch just like both of those sidelines, like this is the most important game it felt like in their program's history, certainly in Coastal Carolina's program. Uh, but BYU, you know, BYU's won national title before, but uh, it felt like a massive monumental game to them too. And uh, there's moments like that. You ask Indiana fans. Indiana had... Exactly. I don't know if it was the best season in program history, but as a guy who grew up in Indiana and has been to more Indiana football games than I can count, and I remember the days of uh, when my brother went to school there and we just walk in the gate. They wouldn't even check tickets. They would just wave at you as you'd walk in because they were like, we don't care. Just come on in. Like, whatever. That's amazing. Um, the fact that Indiana was like good, like really, really, really good this year was uh, was awesome. So um, I don't know. It, it, it. I think in the end it's worth it in the sense of like, like was did this feel normal enough to where those of us who love college football got what we needed out of college football i would say yes was it worth it in the sense of the pandemic i don't know I, that's not for me to answer i'm not a i know i'm so with you know. on that in in terms of i feel i'm like these are you know at this point these are questions that are so yeah. much bigger anytime i see anyone sort of definitively tweeting one thing or another about whether things should or shouldn't happen or how they should be done or how they shouldn't be done i'm just like i admire the fact that you have enough conviction <laughs> yeah, in, you think you have the answer 
sure that you <laughs> think you know anything about this because I'm just sitting here sort of like getting batted around like a ping pong ball. And, right. you know, it's funny because last week it felt like such a... I mean, in terms of the country, I was just like, I don't need I, I, you know, I was talking to my mom yesterday on the phone and I said, I think that this is going to be the kind of year where in terms of sports, in terms of everything that's happened in terms, like, I don't think I'm emotionally processing anything right now. Like, I yeah. think I'm clocking the fact that things are happening. I have an initial reaction and then another thing happens so quickly that I'm like, okay, I guess this is the thing I have to. And I sort of feel that way about like college sports too, where I'm like, I don't, it's changing so often that you're just kind of like trying to ride the wave, let alone have an opinion about the wave. Right, right, exactly. That's that's a good way of putting it. It's like, I. And maybe it is insane that we're doing this, but we're doing yeah. it. So we're going to talk about it. So, here we are the one thing i would say against uh uh you, you know the, the crowd early on that's like we have to play we have we can't let this virus beat us all that kind of stuff um the one thing I would say is that there, there was a sentiment from those types of people that we we have to get back to normal life soon. We have to like like, and I I understand that. Like I I have struggled with mental health stuff my whole life. I've been pretty open about this, and this pandemic has destroyed me in a lot of ways yeah. in that regard. And uh, we don't need to get into that here. So like, but I I understand that perspective of people saying like we need to have a normal life for because th that part of it is wh whatever you, you understand where i'm going with this uh wh what is a little frustrating to me or what makes me feel like i'm going crazy sometimes is that this isn't normal like the, the college football yeah. season we watch is not normal so like the people are like thank god we did it because we, we got to be back to normal i'm like now hang on. is this normal is it normal to have like four thousand fans in a hundred thousand seat stadium and they're all wearing masks right. and the players can't like are, are aren't supposed to touch each other, but they're t and there's rules and the interviews are happening. And Nick Saban can't hear, and he's like, "What are you saying?" What like and there's no bands, there's no like that's not yeah. normal. But like there seems to be like a, a group of people that are like, "Thank God we have college football. Thank God life continues as normal." And I'm like, "Am I crazy? Because this is not like th this has th th I don't know." And that that would be my fear, and that I guess that would be the argument for me in not bringing it back is like trying to. I, I would have rather, and and these these might not have been the options, um, but if, say they were, if this was the dichotomy we were faced with, is not have a not have a college football season at all. But then next season we pick up and it is truly normal, and there's packed stadiums and cheerleaders and bands and everything, or have like next season is like this too because like i know the vaccine's out but does that mean i don't know i don't know where we're gonna be and i don't like is next season are we gonna have to have i i have no i have no clue and i guess that's my fear is that um this is becoming normal and this is normal in some people's eyes and to that i want to say please no please god no right no i'm with you i'm with you like the mental health i mean i've also been pretty open about things i've dealt with and and there are moments during this whole thing where i've just been like oh my God, I have it about as good as I can have it. And it's still really, really difficult. And yeah. to me, the baseline of what we're talking about is so out of whack in and of itself. It's like, okay, maybe, yeah, maybe I, <laughs> yeah. I just, I just don't know. And I think with sports in general, like it, it also does come down to the players. Like if this meant a lot to the players and they were able to stay mm -hmm. mostly healthy, then like great. Um, I, uh, I don't know. Man. Yeah, it's yeah. Wait, like... well, let's. This is this is too serious. We're supposed to have you having fun on the show. I, I'll say this yeah. in terms of uh, the, the the sports we've seen uh, crown champions during the pandemic. 
Um, one thing that stood out to me that's interesting is that basically every champion has been kind of chalky or like clearly the best team, we'll say. Like the Tampa yes. Bay Lightning were the best team in the NHL. They ended up winning the Stanley Cup. The Lakers were the best in the NBA. They won. The Dodgers, Alabama. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's whatever. But uh, I, I think the idea of, of looking back and trying to put asterisk on these things, like in that regard um, – it's it's i don't know if good's oh, the I'm word i'm totally like, with what, you you know what i mean like i'm like, totally with you i i don't it's not like you're going to look back and be like wow how did the pistons win this year yeah like, right right yeah that's not what we're talking about i i think that the certain not integrity of the game but sort of the actual reality of the play and of the teams still managed to hold up and that yeah. in that sense like great because i do think it would be a huge bummer if we look back and said that oh well you know the dodgers finally won but uh it doesn't really count it doesn't it's like count, no yeah. that counted that counted like, i that think counted. they all count because they were all yeah it was all it was the all Rays manager yeah. blew it, and they yeah. won, and yeah. it counts. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, my final thought on college football, I want to shout out the Arizona State Sun Devils because uh, this is a game that no one will talk about in their college football recaps. But uh, I watched the first quarter, first two quarters of this game, and it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. When Arizona State beat Arizona 70-7, to Charlotte. Oh, my God. Uh, when was that? This It was the worst – I mean, the Steelers gave it a run for the money against the Browns, but this was the worst <laughs> opening sequence to a game I've ever seen in my life. I was I was gobsmacked. I was watching on, on my couch. Like, I was about to change the channel. I watched how this game started. I was like, I have to watch the rest of this. And then I ended up turning it off at halftime. But uh, uh, th- it was pretty recently. It was like the last game oh, of the year. I, I remember that. I uh, remember that. Arizona State runs back the opening kickoff 100-plus yards. That's how the game starts. It's 7 nothing immediately. Uh, the guy who runs back to kick for Arizona State is on the kickoff team for Arizona State. So Arizona State now kicks off. That same guy who ran it back makes the tackle on the play. Um, no way. And there's holding on the play on Arizona on the kickoff return. So they get Arizona's first snap from scrimmage comes from like their own nine or 10 yard line because they were holding on the kickoff. Uh, The second play that Arizona runs from scrimmage is a fumble. Arizona state recovers it. The first play that Arizona state runs is a touchdown. They were up 14 to nothing and they snapped the ball one time. And then, oh, that then, is a kind of come apart after my own heart. Let and me then tell you. Then Arizona gets the ball, Charlotte. If uh-huh. down 14 nothing, they throw an interception. That was how the game started. I'm sitting <laughs> there just it. like, what is happening? So uh, I-, I wanted to make sure that made it into my college football uh, notes of things see, I See, moments like that felt normal for college yeah. football. <laughs> it was, he was like, thank God we have this, yeah. which is truly why I love college sports, because you can have player the the parity between players on teams even can be so great that you're that all hell breaks loose and you're like oh yes this yeah. is the chaos i crave uh, um before we get to uh, our most painful losses that we've endured mm-hmm. as sports fans I'd, I had a few questions for you about uh the idea of a dynasty this is this is nick saban's sixth national championship at alabama in the last 12 years i believe i mm-hmm. have those numbers correct this is his seventh overall uh he won one at lsu obviously um as a Boston sports fan, um, uh, who, mm-hmm. who are grossly underrepresented in sports media, I might add. Yeah, um, thank God I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> As a Boston sports fan who's experienced a dynasty or two in your day, mm-hmm. um, I, I guess, uh, where do I start? Is, is this fun? Because like, I sometimes wonder that about Alabama fans. Like, we saw the video of the Alabama fans pouring into the streets and, and you're like, oh, my God, what's going on? And then a lot of people made the point, like, 
I mean, I would get it if this is your first. Like, you guys do this all the time. I don't understand right, why. It's every other year for so, you. So, uh, to the larger point, just in dynasties in general, is there is there a point that you get bored? Is there a point that you take it for granted? Is there a point where the Patriots could win the Super Bowl, but they only won by three? Ugh. Kind of a disappointing Super Bowl. Like, this isn't the greatest team we've ever had because I sort of feel like it gets to that point with Alabama where this year was different. They were undefeated. There's arguments to be made that they were one of the greatest teams of all time, this team. Um, but say, if next year Alabama loses to, like, Mississippi State, still wins the SEC, still wins the national title, it feels like Alabama fans will be like, I don't know. I mean, we won the title. I but, know. like, this team, you know, we lost to Mississippi State. Like, is it right? Is it that good of a season? And. Do you get complacent, Charlotte, as a fan? I've never cheered for a dynasty before. I don't know how it works. Yeah, so this is something that I've thought a lot about and that I have had trouble talking about because there's no way to talk about it without sounding <laughs> like right. an absolute asshole. We've come to expect like, it from Boston people, so don't worry. It's all right. Well, but but truly, like from a, from an actual like fandom yeah. um, sort of human anthropological standpoint, what is the psychological difference between rooting for a dynasty? And, and there are pros and cons. And the problem is, is that when you talk about it when you talk about how it can feel sometimes people are like go to hell i would cut off my left foot for the vikings to win a super bowl mm -hmm. and you're like right no i get that but also this is the reality and this is what it feels like so i'm just going to tell you what it feels like it definitely gets to a point where i i think dynasties are good because i think that they keep people I think that when they end, it is so fascinating and it has ch it changes the landscape of the sport and it changes mm -hmm. sort of rooting interests and rivalries and it keeps things interesting because dynasties might last 20 years. That's insane that the Pats were that good for that mm -hmm. long, but it, it is ending. It's ending. Yeah. And, and watching that happen and then seeing what comes in to fill that void is really fascinating. And, and while it's happening, though, I think that there is definitely a... First of all, I think it's good in that it gives fans of other teams a clear enemy. Like, there's a clear mm -hmm. evil force out there that you kind of begrudgingly respect. But I felt like starting... I, I felt like around 2018, 2017, 2018, I started to be like, I am not worried about losing. And that, yeah. to me, is a sign of, you know, the tension goes away a little bit. Like, the stakes don't feel as high because you have been, you have never been let down in a way that, like, I would still get nervous and I would still get excited and I would still love it. But I was also like, I mean, they're going to win. And yeah. then they did. And if and they so don't win, it, you know, the next year they're probably going to, you know, like, there's not, there's exactly. not the feeling of, uh, crap, we blew our one shot. That was it. And that, I remember, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know if you felt this way after the Cubs. I feel like we've talked about this a little bit, but I remember after the Sox finally won, there was mm -hmm. an element of sadness to it. It was like, oh, yeah. part of the romance of this is not there anymore. And right. then the Sox won two more, and then they won in 2018. And 2018, I was just like, what are, what is even happening? Yeah. Like this should not feel as normal as it. It's like I was put into some. Space some sports portal of good fortune that, you know, I think we're starting to crawl out the other side of, but it's wild. Well, I think in the Cubs instance, I think that's why they're gutting the team and getting rid of all the people that the fans love because they're trying to like recapture the moment, of, <laughs> the, the, the idea that we're horrible because the Cubs are going to lose a hundred I mean, games the Sox this year. apparently are too, so don't <laughs> worry about it. Yeah. I think, I think that's what the Cubs might be the, uh, their plan. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I'm kind of with you. Like it's, it, it is a weird thing. Dynasties, uh, whether the, 
the, the idea our dynasty is good for sports in general like is the patriots dominance is that ultimately a good thing for the nfl or a bad thing because uh i i think the Bulls in the 90s, the Michael Jordan Bulls, unequivocally is the greatest thing that could have happened to the NBA. Like the NBA... 100%. Not that it would have folded without Michael Jordan, but the, the explosion of popularity in basketball is directly attributed to Michael Jordan and the dominance of the Bulls. That and was one guy. Yeah. That, that was, was one basically guy, yeah. one guy. And that was unequivocally awesome. And I know there were a ton of players that played in the 90s that um, would have been star a bigger stars than what they were if michael jordan wasn't there and they just so happened to play at the wrong time like charles barkley i guess is the most example yeah. famous example of a guy that didn't win a ring basically just because of the area he played in um but as as a whole it was obviously great for the league but then now the questions coming out of alabama winning another title there does seem to be this defeatist nihilistic thoughts on college football where the rest of the world is just kind of, the rest of the college football world is just kind and of that's like that's where uh, like I don't it's, to where it doesn't feel like it's good it might ultimately be good but like sitting in it right now polling the rest of and I say this as an Ohio State guy not just because we lost to Alabama like I Ohio State fans and Clemson fans and maybe a couple others should be the, the the groups of people that are like I don't mind it as much because we're we're the one groups that have it we're the we're the teams that have a shot of actually toppling them year to year um, but it seems like overwhelmingly like you, you ask fans of like Wisconsin say or like Oregon or USC or they're just shrugging their shoulders and they're like come on man like this is not good for the sport but it's not yeah. Alabama's responsibility like what is Nick Saban to be like all right sorry I won't kick your ass no like he shouldn't do anything about it you know so um I think it comes down to two things I think dynasties in college sports are very different from dynasties in pro sports I think in pro sports you know that it will eventually end you know that there mm -hmm. are money incentives that are going to shift things around you know that um you can I think that the Pats probably were good for for the NFL for a while. I know that Pats games, um, you know, when I worked at Boston.com and we would look at the ratings of Pats games versus other games like nationwide, it was it performed Super Bowls did better when the Patriots were in it. Mm -hmm. um, I do think that in terms of college sports, though, it becomes this unfair um, situation where if you're that good, you're always going to be that good. If you mm -hmm. can always keep getting the best guys to come to your school and no other school can be like, hey, we'll pay you more. Right. Other schools have to be like, we might win. And it's like, well, why would I go to you if I could go to an Alabama who will win? And I also think it just sort of has changed the expectations. Like if you're even if you're um you know a a top 10 program to you it starts to feel like just getting to the final would be the equivalent of winning right, the final right. or just getting to the playoffs is the ultimate goal and that's not satisfying nobody wants that so right I don't know what you do about that, though. Yeah, you, you bring up a good point, because in pro sports, like even as we're watching the Patriots win, you realize at some point Tom Brady has to leave the Patriots. We thought he was going to retire. He didn't. But still, at some point, Bill Belichick has to retire at some point. And, and they can't just reload because of the structure of pro sports is such that right. you're, you, it's not like the Patriots get the number one pick every single year. which is It's built for parity, yeah, whereas it, college football is the least the exact equal opposite. thing in the entire world. Alabama winning titles, and then on top of it, they get the number one pick, quote unquote. You know, like they right. get a, they get to now go recruit and say, "We win titles, come play for us." And yeah, I guess that does make it feel more inevitable. And then college basketball, you know, like the structure of the tournament and really just the structure of the sport, um, it doesn't lend itself to one team dominating because even you, you can know, have it's upsets. More yeah, it's more random. 
Uh, so I guess that problem doesn't really exist in college, but even though it feels like it, I think on the outside looking in, you would assume that Duke and Kentucky win every year, but Kentucky's won one title with John Calipari and Duke. People forget. You know, yeah. And, uh, but, but there does <laughs> seem to, anyway, um, no, that, it's, it's, it's a curious discussion. Cause I think, uh, that I, I was surprised at that, how much, uh, the, the sentiment, just the, the, just the fatigue, the, uh, yeah whatever that comes from Alabama. Well, it really, it starts to feel, it starts to feel like we're trapped in, you know, college football purgatory. Right. And and I'm sure it can feel that way to a certain extent with the NFL, but like we saw that that has ended. Um, Yeah. So it's, it's just, it's so interesting to me to, to even talk about like what it's like to be in that because you at a certain point I found myself wishing like, man, I wish this were harder or like, I wish I cared a little bit more or I wish I could feel that level of investment that other people seem to have in their teams and now that it's over, I'm like, you absolute moron. Why didn't you <laughs> yeah, love you, every yeah, single moment yeah, of that? Yeah. So. Um, a, a couple word association games I want to play with you. Uh, what yeah. When you hear the word dynasty as it pertains to sports, please please know historical dynasties. Let's not get. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. The, the 1950 uh, Red Wings. <laughs> yeah. uh, when you hear the word dynasty, what, what comes to mind? What is the. Immediately is the, the Patriots. It's the Patriots. Yeah, that makes a lot of Immediately. sense. Immediately. I don't know what, what comes to mind. I think it's like whatever I was most recently talking to somebody about. Probably the Bulls. Yeah. Maybe UCLA. If I'm like coll- if I'm in college basketball mode, I think Wild. about okay. John Wooden ripping them off. What yeah. about this? Is more interesting to me. If I was to tell you uh, there is an, an inevitable force in the world of sports that like what what, what is the feeling of inevitability? to you in sports if that makes sense like alabama winning a national title is inevitable is that the most inevitable when you hear like the word this was inevitable the phrase this was inevitable as it pertains to sports what is it so it used to be i think it used to be that the browns would screw something up (laughs) honestly i think it used to be that the browns would find a way to i mean before this year it definitely would have been like that the patriots will find a way somehow without tom brady to keep being great and that didn't pan out so and neither would neither did the browns being bad this year but i think that this year has in pro football things have gotten really shaken up but i i would have said something about a team being maybe this year it's like inevitably like the lions are not going to win a super bowl in the next 10 years yeah it's it's but like i I like that you immediately go to bad stuff too by the way that's that's right because good stuff you're like that's not gonna happen Um, it's 2021 good stuff doesn't happen yeah i i i think alabama football's arrived for me i think like that's what i mean i think you're right i think that's what it's like it's inevitable that in the next five years alabama is going to win at least one national title that's inevitable to me. I'd say two. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> honestly, uh, I'd be like, in the ne- as long as Saban's there. Like, I would say yeah. UConn women's basketball is a, is a, up there on the list as well. Yep. I think like I, I totally. don't really know how good they are this year. Doesn't matter. I think uh, I, I would bet the farm they're going to make still the final good. four. <laughs> I've watched a few games. They're still good. Yeah. <laughs> um, they won yeah. by like thirty, and Gino was pissed, and I was like, "There we go." <laughs> <laughs> That's all we need. <laughs> right. Oh God. Hey guys, Charlotte Wilder here. I want to tell you about our brand new Fox Sports app and website, foxsports.com. It's reimagined for the modern sports fan. So go ahead, download the new app now. You don't even have to pause this episode to do it. Every day on the app and website, you'll see the top stories in sports, plus a rich world of written content, videos, social media, and analytics to give you a 360-degree view of the most important sports stories of the day. Streaming live TV has also never been so easy or elegant. Every Fox Sports game, including all pregame and postgame shows, are just one click away. 
For the extra invested fans, we also go deep with real-time wagering lines, trending prop bets, win probability, and key player projections. So what are you waiting for? Download the new Fox Sports app or visit www.foxsports.com. All right. Well, uh, should we do it? Should we get into the, let's do our let's do our top our worst losses? Okay. And, you know, we don't have to we don't have to write books about all these, but I am interested to see. And I'm going to be such an obnoxious Boston fan about this because none of the I, I had to think hard to figure I, out what I, I three of these so were. Much. <laughs> You're like my number five, non-existent. Actually, I only had two on the list. So. Just wait till you hear my number five. You'll be like, go to hell, go straight to hell. Well, the, please start. Please start so we okay. can. Uh, I could get it out of the way. All right. Uh, my number five is the Orioles wild card loss in 2016. God damn it. Moving on. My See? number five is. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, move on. What's your number five? <laughs> the wild card loss to the Orioles. Just, just Look, give me the bullet point. What was big, it? My, my mom's family's from Baltimore. My cousins are huge Orioles fans. I love the Orioles before the Red Sox got to me. Um, they It looked like they finally had a shot for this small market team. They had Manny Machado. They had Zach Britton. Buck Showalter was really putting together a hell of a managing season. And then they didn't pitch Zach That's Britton. That's the one. They okay, had the greatest, yeah. I remember they had the greatest yep. closer of all time in at that point, And they didn't pitch him, which would be like, oh, I need to save all my money for when I'm dead. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, re- I, re- I vividly remember and this now. And it still yeah. pisses me off, and it still yeah. baffles me to this day why he didn't do that, and so that's why that's up there. Yeah. Because I want to think that managers or coaches are smarter than I am, and sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe you just uh, yeah. can't all be dumb, but, too. But if they had won the game, Charlotte, imagine how fresh Zach Britton would have been for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> God damn it, Mark. Okay, what's my, yours? My number five pick is the uh, 2009 NFC Championship, the Vikings versus the Saints. I, I think I've talked about it a little bit with you that I was a Vikings yeah, fan you have. growing up. Uh, this was kind of the moment where I stopped and said, why do I do this to myself? Why? And, and it started unra- it started undoing the Vikings fandom for me. So uh, the Vikings had made two NFC championships in my life that I, uh, as a Vikings fan up to this point. The one, and you were in college at this point. You were a junior? Yeah, I, was, I was a senior in okay. college. Yeah, this is my senior okay. year. Uh, in 1998, Gary Anderson misses a field goal. He was perfect all season. He, he has a 39-yard field goal, I think it was, with, uh, with like two minutes left and the Vikings are up seven. He misses the first field goal of the season. The Falcons go down, score a touchdown, send it to overtime, kick a field goal, beat the Vikings. That was a 98. That was the 98 NFC Championship game. The other one was 2000. The Vikings lost to the Giants 41-0. We're blown out. So <laughs> I forgot about all that. I, I, that's the backstory. Going into this game, the Vikings were playing at the Saints. Brett Favre was the quarterback, which was very, very bizarre to have, to, you know, you hated Brett Favre for so much, as so long as the Vikings fan. Now he's your quarterback. Now he's the best shot you'll ever have at making a Super Bowl. Uh, 19 seconds left, Charlotte. Third and 15 from the 38-yard line. All he has to do is not do what he did. That's all he has to do. And the Vikings can kick it. A 55-yard field goal. Ryan Longwell was the second-best kicker in the NFL that year, percentage-wise. His longest on the season was 52. It would have been a 55-yarder for the win at the buzzer, basically. Um, So it wasn't a give-me, obviously. But he could have gotten there. But he could have gotten there. Like all, You have to give him a chance, is the point. And instead, Brett Favre rolls out to his right, makes a cardinal sin, but also it's Brett Favre, so like you kind of it's not a surprise because that's how the guy plays. He's a gunslinger. Rolls out to his right, throws it across his body, back to the middle of the field. Tracy Porter picks it off. The, the Saints run out the clock and then goes to overtime. They kick a field goal. Uh, they win in overtime. That's it. And, and I, I remember sitting there just like, 
all you had to do was throw it away. You could have just thrown it a million miles into the stands, kicked a 55-yard field goal. Maybe they don't make it, but at least, like, you had a shot. And that was the moment where I was like, why do I do this to myself? I started to undo my Vikings fandom, and then Blair Walsh in 2015 had a chip shot to beat the Seahawks. Uh, and and in the, in the playoffs, in the playoffs, missed that one, and I was like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. That's amazing. That's so. amazing. The story of you losing your Vikings fandom is like not everyone can pinpoint when yeah. they, but you you like broke up with the Vikings. I did. Yeah, I, I remember the Brett Favre. Game. You jumped the Vikings. I, I had my Vikings helmet on as I was watching the game. I had my Adrian Peterson jersey on. I oh, I was no. full fledged Vikings fan. I after the game, I just sat in the shower. I literally sat down in the shower and like. I don't know if I cried or not, but I was like, this is... In your Viking hat? Yeah. <laughs> what? So uh, that was devastating, <laughs> and uh, that's number five on my oh list, my so there God. you go. Okay, wow. Um, yeah, this isn't going to be a fair <laughs> list situation. Um, so there are two Game 7s in recent Boston history that um, didn't... They didn't, like, rip me apart, but they really sucked. And the first was um, the 2018 Eastern Conference Finals when the Celtics lost to the Cavs. And this was a weird series because, and the Celtics were really young. They're young, great guys, but Kyrie and Gordon Hayward were both out. Mm -hmm. They made it to game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals against LeBron James. And it had been Mm -hmm. a very uneven series because the Celtics had been incredible at home and the Cavs had been incredible at home and the Celtics had been incredible at home all year. So I was like, oh my God. Maybe there's a chance that this young team, this fun young team that, you know, America would probably love if they hadn't been from Boston, would have a chance of upsetting, you know, one of the greatest of all time. Instead, LeBron James shows up, has 35 points, 15 rebounds, and nine assists, and they beat the Celtics at home to go on to get destroyed by the Warriors. And the Celtics would have gotten mm-hmm. destroyed by the Warriors too, but I would have liked the chance. Was that the game? That was the game uh, Jason Tatum dunked on LeBron, right? I think that was the yeah. Game. yeah. And, and it was amazing. There were some good moments, but yeah. uh, there was also the Bruins lost Game Seven last year in the Stanley Cup, and I was there covering mm. it. And it just would have been fun, you know. Those are the things where you realize they're going to lose. I, you're just like, Ugh. can I call out the city of Boston here about the Bruins because uh, it certainly feels to me like Boston people people that consider themselves massholes. Um, mm-hmm. You can be you're you're very much bandwagon Bruins fans. No, that is one that you're wrong. The most true Boston sports fans are Bruins fans. Okay. And to a lot of Boston fans, like it's the bees, dude. Like you're going to get like for, for most Boston fans, the fact that the Bruins haven't won since what was it? 2011 is oh, wow. the biggest <laughs> stain on. No, like they're, they're like, well, sure. All these other teams are great, but, but like who cares? Wh- the bees, it's, yeah. the, you know, like there are, there are such intense hockey fans and it's a it's a segment of people like it's not everyone yeah. and the pats are always going to be supreme but the the bruins are like for there all is the, nothing bandwagon okay, about I'll, I'll put it this way for all the boston people in sports media i i just want one person to care about the bruins more than everybody everything else just i know, you there, know? there are a few people there are a few people who um actually care and then the rest of us are like oh my god how fun yeah the Stanley oh Cup. boston winning a, it's I'm an like, opportunity ooh. for boston to win something okay I'm like, yeah, no i love yeah. the bruins i mean i do i do have to say i watch playoff hockey um to calm myself down like i find hockey weirdly soothing at the same time as it's like totally drives me crazy wow. because i think it's like 
I think it's the most visually pleasing sport. Like I love watching these guys skate. It's so graceful. Like it sounds so silly, but it's like a really beautiful sport. So I'll watch hockey. Have you, um, are but you, I definitely don't know the team. Are you aware well that as, there's a sport where they, where they skate, but they don't have sticks and pads and stuff. It's called figure skating. Maybe. Yeah. You, you want to hear my number four? <laughs> I'm serious. Do you want to hear my yeah, number please. four on my list? I mean, my number three, number three. Yeah. Go ahead. You should do your four first. But. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, my number four is, uh, the 2003 game six of the NLCS, the Cubs and Marlins, AKA the Steve Bartman game. Um, this should be higher on the list. The reason it's not higher. I was going to say, I thought that'd be up more. The reason it's not higher is because it's game six. And there's still, even though the Cubs lost this, they still had game seven. Uh, people forget this. People think that the the, Mar- the Marlins clinched in game six. They did not. There was still right. game seven at Wrigley Field with Kerry Wood starting the game for the Cubs. So even though the Cubs lost, I was, I was stupid enough. I was 16 at the time. And I was stupid enough to believe that no, we're all right. We got Kerry Wood in Game Seven at home. Like we can, we can. When now that I'm older, I realize the moment Steve Bartman touched the ball, we were screwed. And I think that's why everyone yeah. made him a scapegoat. But if you go back and watch, the Cubs were up three nothing in the eighth inning. Um, there, there was one out. That there was a two-two count at one point. So basically, they were they were four strikes away from getting out of the inning. Instead, they gave up eight runs in the eighth inning. Uh, and the Steve Bartman play, this, the, the Bartman touching the ball happened um, like very, very early on in those eight runs. And people, I, I, you know, this isn't a, a, a new point that's been made. They, there's literally a documentary made about it, how he was scapegoated. But uh, he 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 was definitely scapegoated is, is the point I'm making. That, yes. that they, the, uh, it was not fair what happened to Steve Bartman. He touched the ball. It, it was uh, it, it was there. There was a guy on second. Juan Pierre gets a double, and then Bartman. The Bartman thing happens, and at this point, it's still three to nothing. There's one out, and there's a guy on second. Like it's not mm-hmm. like, you know, it's not like the bases were loaded, and that this this could have, right. you know, this was not that pivotal of a moment. And then there's a wild pitch. There's the Alex Gonzalez error. There, there's there, there's a bevy of errors after that, and then people pointed to Bartman as the inflection point, but right. he, he wasn't. Anyway, point is, whether it's Bartman's fault or not, which it's not, uh, the game was devastating. The fact that the Cubs were five outs away from making the World Series and blew it. I, I, I was certain we were never going to do it, which made 2016 all that much better, but um, yeah, that is my that is my number four for sure. It would be higher again. Yeah. It would be higher except if they for, hadn't won. Yeah. Yeah, if they yeah. hadn't won, maybe it would be higher too. But I feel like it would be number one if they hadn't won in 2016. It's a good point. But uh, I, I think Game 7 played into it too because I do vividly remember thinking like we, we might be all right. And then the, and then the yes. Marlins jumped out to a 3-0 lead in the top of the first of Game 7. I was like, shit. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, okay. Oh, 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 no. So anyway, that's my number four. You're number okay. three. My number three is... <laughs> When Tara Lipinski beat Michelle Kwan in the 1998 Nagano Olympics. Charlotte, can you not, just for like five seconds? I really can't. Can you turn not. it off? Like, like there's for, no way I what? cannot. When Tara Lipinski beat Michelle Kwan, explain to the listeners what the hell that is, because nobody remembers okay, that so, at all. So Michelle Kwan was my favorite figure skater growing up. I really loved watching figure skating for the reason you said. It's beautiful. It's graceful. <laughs> why I love hockey. And I loved Michelle Kwan. I thought she was the most graceful skater. Like they, it, it felt like, yes, you knew that she was performing these unbelievably hard athletic 
feats, but she was also, she did them so beautifully. Like it looked effortless. It was something I never really seen before in sports. I was like, okay, I know that this is a sport, but this is also really beautiful. Um, and then Tara Lipinski comes along and she kind of just like muscled through her, um, her routines or what do you, is that what you call it? I would say, uh, her yeah, program. Right? her program. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. She, and she was great at it, but she reminded me of like girls who were annoying in my elementary school and I was just like god this Tara chick comes along and Michelle Kwan skated a clean she 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 skated a beautiful program but Tara Lipinski like just did more stuff better and she won and and because figure skating is a judged sport Mm -hmm. I was just livid I was like oh sorry there's an ambulance it's New York. It's the city, I tell you. Um, but I was just like, this is garbage from the judges, even though Michelle Kwan was also like, yes, yeah, she skated a better program. So that just pissed me off. I was just like, I guess I was just a strange little kid, but I, I felt I very intensely remember being really upset about that. I have no commentary to offer. Um, I know right. both of these. Uh, women what's are, your Tara, number Tara, three? No, uh, Tara Lipinski. She does. She does. Uh, she's like a broadcaster. She does now. commentating yeah. with Johnny Weir. Yeah. 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 What, what is Michelle Kwan up to? I think she's a lawyer or like in tech now. Mm. You know what's interesting is up, that yeah. uh, figure skating feels like a sport that. I certainly wouldn't say I follow. I'm not a fan of. I, I don't hate it, but like I'm certainly not like a fan or anything. But I feel like I know a million figure skaters. I feel like yeah, because it's, like, it's a huge deal during it the Olympics. Is. Yeah, yeah, that's you that's know their names. How, yeah, you you could start rattling I know the them judges. off, and I know yeah, that's I don't know what that means, but yeah, cool. Um, so what you are were, were you saying? Remind me that she was not screwed. She, it was just like she a, just, was not. I was just so bummed. You were just bummed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I still thought she should have won. So I thought she was. But screwed, she won. Even did, though she did, was like, I was. Did Michelle Kwan ever win a gold medal? Um. Should we look that up? I don't Maybe think don't so. so I think that's what made me sad. I think uh-huh. she, Michelle Kwan, gold medal Olympics. Isn't this fun for She's everyone a, listening? Oh no, she is a two-time Olympic medalist: silver in 1998, yeah. bronze in 2002. And a five-time yeah. world champion. Oh no! Yeah, so that really crushed me because I was I'm like, sorry. "Oh my god!" Oh no! Yeah, yeah. Anyway, well. <laughs> oh, I just looked at our chat from producer Cat, who's sitting in beautiful Palm Springs. So even though before the before the show, Cat was like, "Don't forget to look at the chat," and I, we figured out how to make it so they could, and then I forgot. But um, hello, Cat. No, she did not win <laughs> any goals. <laughs> Uh, um, all right, all what's right, your number three? My number three, three uh, this is the one that actually hurts. So uh, the, the Ohio State losing Alabama on Monday night did not hurt as much as it may seem like it should have. Uh, but last year, Ohio State losing to Clemson is my number three pick. 2019 yeah, Fiesta Bowl. That, that sucked, is huh? the worst Ohio State football loss I've ever endured. It was absolutely brutal for a billion reasons. Number one, Sean Wade ejected for targeting on Trevor Lawrence when we were up 16 nothing. I thought it was a horrible call then. I still think it's a horrible call. Um, changed, completely swung the game, but still shouldn't have mattered because we were the better team. Uh, 
Okuda has the the, the force fumble and, and Jordan Fuller has the scoop and score that gets overturned because they said that it wasn't a catch in the first place, even though yep. the guy caught it, took 17 steps, and then was stripped. And uh, that took seven points off the board for Ohio State. Uh, there, we, had a, we, we shot ourselves in the foot. J.K. Dobbins dropped a wide-open touchdown pass. Uh, we had a roughing the kicker when Clemson was pinned up against their end zone. We had uh, there, there were zero holding penalties on Chase Young, who up until that point, every single game he played, he had like 30 sacks every game. He was the most destructive force ever. And then suddenly Clemson figured out how to not double team him and still block him. And as it turns out, if you put your arm around his neck as he's trying to go around you, uh, he's not as good. And the, the refs didn't call it. Weird. I am hot about everything. I, I was mad about Ohio State shot themselves in the foot a million times. The refs were SEC refs, Charlotte, which uh, – College football, I've made this point a million times, it's it, it, it's the South versus everyone else. And if you're from, yes. you have Clemson in the South, you have SEC refs, they were always going to be biased towards Clemson. Uh, all of Everything was stacked <laughs> against us. Now you sound like the schadenfreude that Thank people you. would have Thank wanted you. from last night's loss. Everything was stacked against us. And still, in spite of all of that, there's 38 seconds left. We have the ball on like the 23-yard line going in. If we score and kick the field goal, we win the game. And there's a miscommunication. Chris Olave would have been wide open, but he broke that way. Justin Fields threw it that way. Interception, game over. And I sat there and I thought, I, I went over every single thing that happened in that game. And I thought, if one of those goes differently, if they don't overturn the fumble, if they don't eject Sean Wade, if they don't, like, there were 30 things of a list that I made. If one of those goes differently, we win the game. All 30 of them happened. Uh, I, I, I be- we were obviously the better team. Uh, Dabo Swinney knew it, which is why when we played Clemson this year, he was so scared to play us, which is why he was he was politicking, like, leave Ohio State out of the playoff. We don't want anything to do with them because he knew we were going to kick their ass. He knew we were better than them last year. And I genuinely, you, I genuinely believe we would have beat LSU in the title game. I, I was that hot about it. I think if we would have played LSU, because all that season I thought we were better than LSU. People fell in love with LSU because of Joe Burrow and because they're in the SEC. Um, they were obviously dominant. I thought we were equally as dominant, and I thought we would have beat them in the title game. Because we were the same team we were this year, except better. We had Chase Young. We had J.K. Dobbins. We had Okuda. Like, we were stacked last year. We were so good. And uh, I'll never get over it. I will never get over losing to Clemson last wow. year, ever. Even even though we beat Clemson this year, I won't get over it. So, there you go. That's my number three. Wow. So. That was a good one. That was what we wanted from there this you go. That's Thank the, you, Mark. Yeah, if we would There's have done, the raw emotion. If, if we would have done this podcast right. last year, I and, and we would have done a show right after we lost that game. I don't. I mean, it would have been a seven-hour podcast. I don't podcast. know if you would have showed up. Like, I don't know if you would have <laughs> you probably been like, I'm not doing it, guys. Anyway, um, okay. What's your number two pick? Speaking of getting heated, my number two pick. I actually, I honestly still do have trouble with this one. You said, as a Pats fan, there's not much to be angry about. But but this... <sighs> Okay, it was the um, 07 loss to the Giants. That's Eli the, Manning, yeah. the Tom Brady killer. He beat Tom Brady twice somehow, mm-hmm. which is just mind-blowing to me. And I actually like Eli Manning because of it. I'm like, you know what? Respect, man. Like, that's... You, you do it once, I'd be annoyed. Do it twice, I'm like, okay. All right. Fit point to your taken. Point, to your point about dynasties being good for sports, uh, e- Eli Manning has capitalized on... Like, that's his Hall of Fame case, is that I no beat the Patriots twice. No one has a better... <laughs> that's no it. one has been more blessed by the Patriots dynasty. Yeah. Not even Tom Brady than Eli Manning. Yeah, if Eli Manning wins those two Super Bowls against any other team, nobody cares. No, like, nobody cares. cares. Boring. No. <laughs> he he brought down the Patriots. Um, and this one, it didn't even make me hate the Giants either. I was just I was just 
pissed. I was so mad that the Giants ended. They the uh, the Pats had a perfect season. Mm-hmm. The Patriots had not lost a single game and were going into the Super Bowl. And I remember exactly where I was sitting, and I stayed there the whole time. I sat, watched it at my cousin's house. I sat on the couch next to my aunt. I only got up to get more food because every like I was convinced that if I left, it would. It, it, and then and like. the feeling of losing that game was I can still feel it do you know what I mean it was just like this crush it like I felt like my whole body like someone was sitting on me Mm -hmm. and I could not believe it happened and and like I was I was in a terrible mood for like a week after like that sucked it wasn't just that they lost. It wasn't just that it ruined the undefeated season. It was that the the, the Giants were not even that good that year, right? Like they, they I think no. they lost six games going into yeah. the it was the biggest spread in Super Bowl history. I remember leading up to it, the two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl, the Patriots were already crowned. It was like people were, were talking about where they stack in the in the history and of teams ever. And people delighted in the fact yeah. that the Pats lost. Like it yeah. was us, it was literally, you know, people are like, oh, New England against the world. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe we should relax. That was literally yeah. everyone, that was the best day of every other Everyone's fan's like, life. I loved and it. The I did love day. it. Yeah. I loved it. I right? was watching it. I thought it was hilarious. But uh, what, I, what I wanted to say was just the context of this was not um this wasn't a situation where uh like kentucky in college basketball in 2015 they were undefeated entering the final four but also those of us in college basketball were like listen they're really good and and if they finish this off it's going to be amazing but there's still wisconsin in the final four that they have to play there's still duke yeah they're still like they still have hurdles to clear let's not crown them just yet but they are definitely the favorites and this is going to be crazy if they go undefeated uh this one they were already crowned like the moment the super bowl matchup yeah 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 it was like this was was shameful i remember hearing you say the words literally nothing can go wrong going into this game is what you said (laughs) i think you texted me that you're like oh Oh, when we were (laughs) friends friends. in 2007 (laughs) when we knew each other yeah let me go back to my uh, motorola razor and see see uh, where those texts are yeah that that that's devastating that is devastating and uh, i'm sorry to twist the knife by pointing these things out but uh i think that Thanks. context matters because it's not just that there was undefeated it was like like i i don't blame you if i was a pats fan i was it was like there's literally i would have said those words i said there's literally no way we can lose to a six loss team when we're undefeated we're favored by great. two touchdowns i remember feeling yeah. so great going to sit i was like oh i'm gonna sit down we're gonna have some food i'm gonna have a beer they're gonna blunt and then i just i was like this can't be happening it was like a, this cannot and the be way happening. it happened too the the helmet catch and the, the helmet catch oh oh what a what a sequence sports are fun sports aren't are they so bad for you. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe maybe if you hear my misery, it'll make you feel a little bit better because my number two pick. This is this is off the beaten path, but uh, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll have to tell a quick story to explain why it's number two. Uh, the 2015 MLS Cup when the Columbus Crew lost to the Portland Ooh. Timbers, and the reason this is mm-hmm. number two for me, and this is above Ohio State losing to Clemson, is that I had I had crew season tickets for three years. I got I got season tickets in 2013. Uh, going into the 2014 world cup um there mexico plays the united states in columbus every year so if you have if you have crew season tickets you get like discounts and deals on oh cool on the mexico game and i wanted to go to the mexico game so i was like i'm gonna get crew season tickets and then because i had season tickets i was like i guess i'm gonna start going to these crew games 
and then I became a crew fan. That's how I became a crew fan, just going to these games. I didn't really care that much, and then suddenly it turned me into a fan. In 2013, the crew were one of the worst teams in MLS. 2014, they were a little bit better, but they totally choked in the playoffs. 2015, this is my third year. They're second in the East. They go on like uh, in the second round against Montreal. There's this big comeback that we have, and I was it was freezing balls in the stadium, and I was there for it, and it goes an extra time. We score a late goal, and I'm throwing my beard. I'm like, oh my God, it's all happening. And we go on this march to MLS Cup, Charlotte, and we're hosting the Cup. Uh, it is in Columbus. It is against the Timbers. It's freezing as all hell. But I'm like, you know what? I, this Three years have led to this. Not a lifetime as a crew fan, but I've been. I, this is the first time I've ever had season tickets for anything in my life. So I was like, it's all happening. This is the coolest thing. So I, I, me and my brother decide for the game, we are going to get there the second the parking lot opens and tailgate and get absolutely tanked. And it was a, it was a night game. It was a later game. I think it was like 5 or 6 p.m. kickoff, whatever. Um, but we get there at 9 a.m. And we're just absolutely tanked. We breakfast, lunch, and dinner there. Um, uh, it, it is, I don't, I don't know. We just spent all day in the freezing cold. We're just like, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. Uh, the, the moment the gates open, it's general admission for the supporter section. So the moment the gates open, we rush to the seats. We get the best seat we can. We're like, this is, this is awesome. This is going to be the coolest thing. Oh my God, Mark. Charlotte, no. the game starts 30 seconds into the game, less than 30 seconds. I think it was like 27 seconds into the game. We pass it back to the goalie. He, he gets a little too cute with it. They just the, the the Portland guy just runs up, just steals it from the goalie and dunks it. We're down one nothing thirty seconds no. into the game. And I look at my brother and I say, How is this possible? Charlotte, five minutes later, Portland no. scores again on some bullshit where the ball was out of bounds on the sideline. Our team stopped because the ball goes out and we're like, All right, it's out of bounds. They keep playing, the ref doesn't call anything. They cross it in, score the goal everyone on the crew is looking around like, are you going to blow the whistle? The ref's like, he wasn't out. They show the replay. He was out. The fans were throwing beers on the field. It's it's seven ga- seven minutes into the game. We're down two nothing. And I was just oh, like, no. shoot me. I, this is the word. It, it, yeah. it was 15 degrees outside. And you were there. And I was drunk and I was there. <laughs> and I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever. And the, to, to make matters worse, Charlotte, the goalie of our team at the time, we were playing the Portland Timbers. The goalie's name is Steve Clark, uh, who who put us down one nothing right uh, early in the game. Guess what team he plays for right now? The Portland Timbers. Mm, I was going to say the, the Timbers. Portland Timbers. Yeah. So, oh, no. Anyway, that is, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it still hurts, but we won the cup this year, so I guess it hurts a little less, but that's my number a two. A little right. less, but still, these things, these things linger. <laughs> um, all right. My number one is the, the most upset I've been in the moment. This one, this one has since. What could be worse than the helmet catch and losing to the perfect season? I think I know. I know. I thought you would think that was my number one, but my number one was a 2003 ALCS Mm. when the Yankees Mm. beat the Red Sox. This was the game where Pedro threw Don Zimmer to the Mm. ground. Um, This was, you know, let me. I have my notes here. I need to. I need to be sure I get the order of this right. Um, Okay, so it was. Pedro went out to pitch the eighth, and he had put up just the most beautiful game up to mm-hmm. that point. It was amazing. But, you know, he was approaching the 100-pitch mark, and Grady Little, manager at the time, he was like, okay, Pedro, because Pedro wanted to still be out there. He put him out there. The Yankees start just hitting bombs off of Pedro. They put up three runs to tie the game. So the two teams are going tied, bottom of the 11th inning, and Tim Wakefield started his second inning as a relief pitcher. On the first pitch of the 11th, Aaron Boone, who is a Yankees manager now, you might remember, mm-hmm. uh, 
he had hit six home runs the entire season. Mm-hmm. That he wasn't a threat. Hits a solo home run over left field mm-hmm. to give the Yankees the title. Mm-hmm. And I... <laughs> It doesn't hurt the same way it does because they beat the Yankees in the ALCS the next year. They 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 were the first team. Yeah, yeah. the Yankees were the first team to blow a three nothing lead, uh-huh. um, and that was probably the greatest sports experience of my entire life that that year in Boston. Um, but this this hurt in a way where it was it was sort of like the Bartman thing for you. It was like getting getting so close but it's number one because this was a pain that i had never like boston wasn't great yet at sports this was not a given like it felt like this was the end of the world like we're never going to do it i had actually gone to bed before the game was over because it went into extra innings and i had to go to school the next day i guess i was a freshman and i was like i can't handle this stress and also go to school tomorrow and i was like whatever happens i'll know in the morning yeah but i was like dad can you just because my dad would always wake me up for school because i was terrible at waking up so i never woke up from my alarm so he'd have to come in and like one time he actually poured water on my head because i wouldn't get up um but so i was like can you just when you wake me up can you just tell me so he comes in and i'm already awake and i was like what happened and he doesn't say and a he word was like, he was like they they lost. It was like Aaron, Aaron Boone hit a home run in the 11th. And I started crying. I like sank to the floor and started crying. So yeah, that's mine. I, I, I forgot. Honestly, like I, I remember the, I remember the game you're talking about. I remember that series. I also mm-hmm. remember obviously the Cubs and Marlins series. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I, they've existed in independent worlds that I completely forgot that in 2003, there's a very real chance that the Cubs versus the Red Sox could have been the World Series. Two teams that have never won it in the billion I years. I didn't even put that together. And oh that my was, god, yeah. That was all, I, I completely forgot about that as well. They're like These were these were happening at the exact same time. The at Bartman the game was happening at the exact same time. As well. Also, the Marlins beat the Yankees that year. Yeah, so the Marlins like, were stacked. If you go back and look at the Marlins roster, it's like one of the greatest assemblable assemble, assemble, Assembly, assemblances, assemblances, greatest teams. Assemblance is assemblance or uh, it was one of the best teams by talent of all time. Like they were, they were absolutely stacked. Um, Yeah. But um, yeah, that sucks. I'm sorry. Like I was looking this up last night and I started getting mad reading the Yankees names. I was like, Aaron Boone. I was like, Jason Giambi. Giambi. Remember him? I was like that, that piece of shit. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) He works for Fox now. You realize that, right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I know. Nope, I'm just didn't. kidding. Uh, <laughs> I didn't really that. <laughs> just kidding. Um, uh, 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 I defend your decision, by the way, to go to bed. I think that is a good move. Thanks. I think we should do that more as sports fans. I think if you feel also like... also 13. Yeah, also you're so, 13. But I feel like... Uh, or maybe 14. I don't know how I've done that before when my team's... Basically, not, I guess I wouldn't do it if it's a close game, but if my team's getting their ass kicked, I will just go to bed and then... I'll pretend like I'm sleeping and then I'll turn on the TV in two hours and see the confetti fall and I'll be like, yeah, screw you. And then I'll turn it right off again. But the close game was what I couldn't handle. Yeah, I just close, couldn't. And baseball. I just, and now I would never do that now. Yeah. But then I was like, this is how I have to do with my teenage emotions. And also you didn't know the get like that, that game conceivably could have gone on for four more hours. And right. yeah, 13 year old, you had been showing up to, what'd you say? Band practice in the morning? Was it? In- oh, I was not in band. <laughs> Come on. I couldn't play an instrument to say I play the drums, but anyway, what was your number uh, my one? Number one uh, again, very personal. Um, but this was the only game in my four years at Ohio State. This is the only Ohio State basketball game that I was a fan for. Um, which cue the jokes of Mark. I thought you set the bench every game, but uh, 
Uh, this was the only game that I was not in attendance for, and it was the last game of my career, Charlotte. It was the 2010 Sweet 16 against Tennessee. Um, we were the two seed in our bracket. Kansas was the one seed. Kansas, you might mm-hmm. remember, lost to Northern Iowa. Uh, Ali Farouk Manesh hit the hit. Yep. This was the game that he they were up by one, and then Farouk Manesh hits the three when there's 30. He should have dribbled the clock out. Yep. He's like, screw that. I'm going for the jugular. Um, so we watched that game. Kansas loses. Our bracket opens up then because Kansas was the best team that year. We were the number two seed, so we're like, oh, my God, we're going to the Final Four. Uh, the Final Four in 2010 was in, Indi- in Indianapolis, where I'm from. So I had, I had done that. <laughs> as well and i was i started counting chickens and i was like oh my god i'm gonna go back my my career is going to end in the final four at my hometown like this is so poetic and awesome and uh and also by the way i played high school basketball with gordon hayward and butler went to the final four in 2010 so there's that parallel i was like oh my god what if it's me versus gordon in indy i wouldn't have played in the game but like this is crazy and so i started doing all that Anyway, the morning of the game against Tennessee, we're in St. Louis. I wake up. I have a fever. I'm. Uh, it's coming out both ends. I feel like absolute garbage. No. Um, we go to the shoot around. I have like no energy. I can barely stand. But I, I I'm trying to. You know, I'm a senior, and I'm like, I want to enjoy this ride, so I don't want to miss the game, even if I'm. This this was the day. This was a uh, pre taking sicknesses seriously. You know, so like. Yes, before the pandemic. Right. So like, you could be sick and sit on the bench, and no one would care. Do you remember that when people could be sick and just yeah. be around you, and you'd be it's like, weird. Ugh, I wish you hadn't come to work. Remember but when we glorified Michael Jordan for having the flu and, <laughs> and playing basketball? I know. And now you're I like, know. what he did. What? He was coughing all over everybody? That's such and, a good point. Yeah. Oh, my God. They're like, did they test him before? Yeah. Uh, so there, I, I was trying to, like, just muster up enough strength to just sit on the bench for this game. Um, it ultimately, it couldn't happen. So uh, I, I, you know, like, I, I couldn't even barely. I, I felt like I was going to faint when I tried to walk. So long story short, I watched the game from my hotel room, like, a block away from the arena. And I, w- I had a trash can. I was laying in bed, and I had a trash can, oh, and I was Mark, watching no. the and I'm throwing up in the trash can as I'm watching my career end on television. And that's number one for me by far, because I was like, this is the most miserable. You cannot paint a more miserable picture than this. Like this is, this sucks. Oh my God. That, that makes me, oh my God. That is and Meanwhile, awful. our producer is texting me in all caps. Hell yeah. Go Vol, go Vols, Wayne Chisholm, baby. Suck it. Cat says yeah. my team is responsible for Mark's worst loss. You're the worst cat. Um, <gasps> I do remember. I do remember when Tennessee won because I had them in yeah. my bracket going to. Oh, thanks, Charlotte. You're partially four. responsible to them. So yeah, we were better than them, but they upset us. They Evan Turner's shot got blocked at the buzzer, and that was it. And uh, I not that there was anything I could do if uh, I was at the game because I again didn't play. But maybe I maybe I could have made a but joke. Maybe you could have. Maybe I could have made like a lighthearted joke in a timeout and loosened the guys up. You know, I don't know. Exactly. But, uh, oh, I, Mark, I'm sorry, man. That was it, so. really, that's like a really, that makes my entire list look like, you know, a happy birthday card. That's, uh, yeah, that's all right. I'm over it, definitely, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, well, listen, I we don't need to do headlines. We just did a great show, and we'll save one of the things we're going to talk about today for next week, because I uh, have a feeling... Well, they're not gonna... well, quickly, give me a thumbs up or down uh, on Kyrie Irving and James Harden. How do you That's feel? what I think we should maybe do a show about next Just do week. a whole show about that? Yeah, because I'm sure the saga is not going to get wrapped up between now and then, right? Exactly. So I feel like we should maybe stick... Maybe we should do just what's going on in the NBA. 
next week. Yeah, we should just we'll do take it. this offline. We won't plan the next show on this show, but uh, send us emails of rabbit holes that you guys have gone down because mm-hmm. my Nick Saban one, my Nick Saban's daughter's wedding was probably one of the weirder ones I've done recently. Not ever, because trust me. Um, but send us the weird things that you guys um, obsess over accidentally, and we'll read the best ones. Yeah, that's uh, that is definitely the weirdest one I would say that we've done on the show. Um, yeah, I, I, and I've I've come up with some weird ones, but my God, you're searching hashtag hashtags. It started out love a good wedding. It started hashtag. out good enough where you're just like, yeah, I watched this video about the son-in-law asking Saban, and I was like, oh yeah, that's that's pretty weird, but that's kind of normal at the same time. And then you're like, oh, it gets worse. <laughs> no, 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 um, no, no, no. All right, congratulations, Alabama. You guys did it. I'm, I'm. It's, I don't know. Whatever. I'm over It's it. over. It's Shout over. out college football. Um, that's it. All right. That's the show. All uh, right. Go check us out on YouTube. Go watch us uh, do our... our the People's people Sports, Sports Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and watch our YouTube stuff. So.